Logical Progression, Year 1, Lesson 9. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma salli wa sallim. Wa barak al-Alameena Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla. Wa anta thajlu al-hazna. Ida sha'i sahla. اللهم أعيننا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك يا رب الكريم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله Today is a big lesson or big sacrifice lesson full round of premiership games يعني. full يعني the big game of course is United versus Southampton the problem is you thought I was going to say what Liverpool versus Arsenal of course yeah. What I need today is a hat-trick from Mata. I need a hat-trick from Ivanovic. I need clean sheet from Yaskalana. I need a hat-trick from O'Brien. I need Van Persie just to score the winning goal. Just one or two is fine. I need at least four goals from Walcott. He's my captain. I forgot to change him. What a bestie I must have. I forgot to change him. You know what I missed today? <coughs> Miss Bob's. He had a buzz, Miss Kingsman, shipped off to Pakistan. <laughs> I told you guys to hook him up a couple of weeks ago. Huh? I told you that guy is in big... Yeah, and a big demand. But you just, you were too slow and now the guy's been shipped off. He's on, he's on a thing to Pakistan now, so what a sad news. What a sad news. I have an apology to make as well, subhanAllah. We start with an apology. Last week when we were trying to describe this Ghobar business, yeah? Ghobar or Ghobar or whatever. Miskin Pukhtan at the end, he was shouting out from all the way over there, going, Safiyaka, Safiyaka, and I was saying, nah, it's not that, nah, it's not that. Anyway, last week I get home. The second I get home, mum's on the phone. I thought, oh, hello. A bit late for mum's call. You dissed a Patan live on air, whatever, whatnot. Miss Keen gave you the right answer and you kept saying no, no, no. <laughs> so, I've learned since then, Yanni, that this is actually quite an art. Apparently, the, 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 yani, you know, the Punjabis and the Indians and the, the Urdu Logi, and they're a bit miskin like that. They just call all the different types of Gobar, that's it. But the Patans are more refined, yani. <laughs> In the issue of manure and dung and yani, whatever. Because this, our izzat, yani, is in Klashenkovs and dung. Yeah, our, our izzat is in guns and manure. So we have very different types of manure. So I learned, I learned that sorti is when it comes out fresh and soft. <laughs> then when you get it and you turn it into like a ball, so if you imagine it and you make it into a ball, with piyar of course, yeah, nice, that becomes soda. Soda is then, it is then put on the floor. It's thicker. It's more round, it's thicker, it's ball type. Like, like you know, you know what those things called that before you make chapati out of it, the small ones? Balls of dough, yeah? Yeah, so then you make chapati with it. So if you keep it in this raw kind of thingy form, then as you can imagine, it is packed, super packed. So this is the slow burner for the energy. When you then make chapati style out of it, and it becomes thinner, this then takes the name of sapiata or whatever it is. That goes on the wall. You plaster these boys on the wall, and then they get heated and dried quicker because it's on a hot wall and yeah, so it's drying from underneath it's drying with the sun upon it and these are the quick burners yes 
So when you're kindling a fire, you'd use this, the thinner ones to get the fire going and quickly, and then you'd then pack the fire in with the sorti, sota, whatever it is, yani, you know, and then that keeps the fire going. And it's very, very, uh, uh, and I also wrote, and there's different types, and for the cow, the, the name is Khushan, yeah? And we even have a specific one for the horse, Kharshna. Does any Punjabi have a word for the uh, horse manure? Other than horse manure. This is Izzat, you know what I'm saying? This is language. Don't be dissing my language, you know what I'm saying? Right. And I, someone on the forums, they posted you know, some fact, fact sheet that the amount of gas that is uh, produced from uh, these, the burning of this whatever is collected and then it's sold and burned and whatever. One of the world's you know, biggest natural sources of gas. We're talking about serious things here, brothers. You think it's some kind of joke or what? Right. So, actually it's interesting because both of these subjects are going to come up in this lesson, inshallah, inshallah. Right, where are we? Where did we get to? Did we get to... Did we finish the issue of basically uh, that the water which... Um, uh, water which has natural things growing in it, it is not hated to use, yes? That's what we did, and we ended with that? Okay, good. So then I think then we are on the statement then. So it is not offensive to from the page 4 of the actual text. It is not offensive to use if it changes as a result of remaining still. So we did that. And then something growing in it, such as tree leaves or something which is difficult to avoid, such as like the roots from the bottom or the soil at the bottom, the silt, the uh, water lily, water moss, all this kind of thing. Yep. Um, and then the next point is then, Okay? Or changes from being adjacent to a carcass. This is what we're doing now, isn't it? Yeah? That's new? Okay, then so, so what does... Uh, an example is that you have a watering hole um, or a watering area, whatever you want to call that, okay? A body of water. Now, um, if, you, if you can't imagine this, I, I've actually got a really good picture in my mind. If you type into YouTube... Abu Isa and Islamic Relief and Niger Niger or Mali? Niger Niger, Niger. okay there is, I, I went to Niger for Islamic Relief and uh, for some fundraising and there was one video where I presented from where um, you, you'll exactly see the water that we're talking about where the animals are coming to drink by it where animals have died by it where there's uh, people have defecated, animals have defecated into it, it's uh, dirty and so on and so forth. Yeah. This is the kind of water that is the standard water source for many uh, people, not just Muslims, but people in uh, the developing countries. Uh, and so uh, that kind of water we're talking about is that when it's surrounded by, surrounded by, adjacent to dead, rotting carcasses, okay? Not touching. That's the key point here. So, Sheikh Uthameen, on page 35, he gives the example that there's, a, there's one of these watering holes or big puddles or whatever, and then there's like uh, 20 uh, uh, sheep carcasses from every single angle, and what you find is a very, uh, a very a disgusting smell, okay? Uh, because of the rotting carcasses, the jif and jif is the plural, the, the rotting carcasses. Um, so... Using that water, even though the water itself has been changed by the disgusting smell, so the only thing that you can smell from that water is the overpowering smell of the carcasses, 
to use this water is not hated. Okay, we're still ca- carrying on in that, in that paragraph. We're talking about that types of water which is not hated to use. Okay, is that clear everybody? Yes, so, and the issue here is basically it hasn't touched it. It hasn't touched it. It hasn't yani, uh, actually uh, got in touch with this, uh, 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 this rotting carcass. Okay, because he says, Because the change is due to it being adjacent to it. Not because it has mixed with it, dissolved with it, and come into contact with it. And Sheikh Uthameen says, وبعض العلماء حكى الإجماع على أنه لا ينجس بتغير بمجاورة الميتة. يعني that uh, there is some of the scholars claimed a consensus that it is uh, that water which is adjacent to a carcass does not become najis, that it is still uh, purifying. Okay. Um, and what Sheikh says, he says that, then, and maybe perhaps some of the the scholars they use as an evidence for this position. As an evidence for this position, the had, uh, some of the wording of the following hadith, which is narrated by Al-Bayhaqi, you can see the narration at the bottom, Rawahu Al-Bayhaqi, and the hadith of Abu Umama, and it is weak, this hadith is, Wallahu A'lam. But the wording of the hadith is interesting, in al-ma'at-tahirun, water is pure, and other than, or except if, it, if, if its uh, taste, or its color, or its smell changes, because of a najasat, because of an impurity that occurs within it, fihi. Okay, so this hadith, we consider this hadith to be weak, but this hadith, it mentions fihi. So it's almost like specifying that when, it, when you want to make a water impure or not usable, it's because of the problem that happens in it. Not because of a problem that occurs next to it and then transfers properties across, like a bad smell. So this is the idea of the... Uh, this is the concept basically which is being uh, put forward by the, the fuqaha and pretty much all of the scholars are upon this opinion okay pretty much all the scholars are upon this uh, uh, opinion and Sheikh Uthameen goes he goes listen he goes there's no doubt that um, to try and avoid such water is better it, I mean why would you go to such water when you have access to pure water and he's right of course but you know the reason we have to do the, the, the thing is because maybe some people don't have it yes um, and Sheikh Uthameen also says because especially now when we have people who are telling us that it's not, it's more of an invisible problem. So microbes and, and germs and whatever infections that might be transferring across this water due to the uh, rotting carcasses that we can't see, maybe we can't even smell, certainly we can't see, maybe we can smell but we can't see, that would make this water poisonous or in some way, then still we should avoid it. But anyway, you get the idea. Yep, so this is the next um, uh, 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 category. The next one then he mentions is um, or changes from being heated by the sun or something pure. So now this is another part of the uh, water. Now again, we're still dealing with that same pure and purifying water. And what the author is saying is that if it is heated by the sun, that's not a problem. A will the afishams li yashun? Yani that a person, for example, he's uh, uh, he you know he he has water which is too cold. He leaves it out. It just gets that lukewarm. And then he uses it. Now, some of you, this is okay. This is okay. Some of you may be thinking, um, well, what's the issue there? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yes? And the reason uh, for that is because there are a number of scholars that uh, use the hadith which is narrated um, in some of the sunan. And the hadith is, uh, according to the, the, the scholars of hadith, it actually hadith is fabricated. That Rasul came to uh, Aisha radiallahu anha 
And I think this is the hadith where he called the Yahumaira, uh, like a nice name. And he said, uh, don't use the water, uh, paraphrasing because I can't remember the exact hadith, but um, don't use the water which has been heated by the sun because it brings about leprosy. Okay? Um, but some of the scholars consider the hadith to be okay and therefore they use that hadith. Um, but as I said, the majority of the muhaddithin say this hadith is very weak, indeed fabricated. There's also a statement of Umar, Sayyidina Umar, who effectively says exactly the same thing, but from himself. Don't use uh, sun-heated water because it causes he- leprosy. Now, this also is a weak ethar. Remember what we said? Hadith is when a statement comes from the Prophet ﷺ. The word ethar is when it comes from a companion. Even though the word ethar itself means a narration. So you could say there's an ethar from Rasul ﷺ. You could say there's a narration from the Prophet ﷺ. If you said the word ethar like that, then you are, of course, referring to a hadith. But when you use the word ethar, you are generally referring to it being a uh, narration from a companion. So this is the reason why some of the scholars did have this. And there are a few, a tiny minority, that considered it to be uh, 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 hated and, uh, even if in a strange opinion, not allowed even to use heated water by the sun. Now, I didn't get time to have a look into this. Is there anything in sun-heated water? Is there anything? Does anyone know? I don't know, maybe online someone can, someone can tell us. Because the point here is, is that if there does appear to be a problem with water which is heated by the sun, yeah? So let's just follow this, this kind of narrative out. Say that we have a scientific discovery that says water heated by the sun causes leprosy. Then we would give a fatwa and say that it's not then to be used. Does that make sense, yeah? It is permissible in Sharia when, a, when something has not been obligated by the Prophet and just been allowed. So water is allowed to be used however it's heated, sun included. Then a proof, a scientific proof of our time comes and it shows to us that it's actually very harmful and there's very little doubt about it. And it's permissible for scholars then to rule upon that and say because of the darar, because of the harm, then we don't want to do it. As it stands, the nation doesn't know of anything like that. It seems to be quite clear and quite, you know, no problem. People have been doing it for years. And any ahadith which indicate the same are not authentic. Okay? So that's why there's even this mention in the book. If you're thinking, why on earth did this even come up? Okay? Um, then the next uh, statement is um, or from being heated by the sun or something pure. Now, something pure here is referring... So previously we were talking about dung, right? Or something which is nejas. Now we're talking about pure things. We're talking about wood, basically. All right? And then in extension to wood, so here we're saying that if you have a campfire, right? And it's just pure wood and you light it up or, you know, paper even. You get it started with paper. You get it started with then carry on with wood, twigs, leaves. These are all pure uh, objects. And so therefore your pot, which is on top of that, it doesn't need to have its... Uh, 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 top on or not the whole issue of it being sealed not sealed now doesn't come into it any water which is heated in this fashion is no problem and likewise when we say when we're talking about uh, wood and the like we then add on to this uh, kerosene petrol gas uh, all of this um, and electricity and electricity an immersion heater for example the immersion thingamajig whatever it's called the, uh, the filament Filament? Element. element. The element. The element. So the element itself is one made of metal. Yes? But it is not something which is a nejas uh, 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 item. Back in the day, they used to use rocks. 
They used to heat the rocks or they used to take the rocks from outside that would be heated. And they'd put that into the tub of water and the water then would heat up itself. So anything which is used, uh, which is pure in itself to heat this water. And we're not talking about being in contact. I just gave the stone as an example. But we're talking about on a fire and a pot and it now bubbling away. Is that clear, everybody? Yeah, we're good. So this is that section. Now we move on to a new section. Um, and we're still talking about that first type of water. We're still talking about water which is tahur uh, and tahir. Yani it is pure water and it purifies as well. Purifies, remember when we say tahur, we mean that it lifts the state of hadith. It, it like spiritually uh, cleanses you from um, uh, uh, impurity, yani ritual impurity. So the uh, sheikh says, when it's tu'mila fi taharatin mustahabbatin, كتجديد وضوء وغسل جمعة وجمعة وغسلة ثانية وثالثة كره. So the translation of that is that it is offensive to use this type of water. It is يعني مكروه. According to the Hanbali madhab, it is مكروه to use. If it was this water was used in a recommended purification, such as renewing ablution or washing for the Friday prayer. Or washing a second or third time. So, a summary of the translated form. Basically, what the the Hanabila are saying, they're saying that it is hated to use water which has been used. Okay, and then they try to explain what used means, and they say that used is used from uh, uh, water which has been used in a a purification which was. Uh, recommended, not obligatory. And then they give some examples. He gives the example of making wudu again, of doing the uh, bath for Jum'ah, and then having a, a, a second and third washing, ghasla. So the ghusl is the bath, the ghasl is a washing. So there's a difference in Arabic there. Let's look at that, Yani, uh, in some more detail. So Sheikh on page 36, he says that, first of all, you need to know what used means in Sharia. In, in, in Bab al-Tahara. Remember, the word use can mean many, many different things. But when we want to define it for the purposes of fiqh, of, 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 jurisprudence, of jurisprudence, then we need to understand what does the word isti'mal or musta'mal rather mean in purification. It means that water which has actually passed by the limb of, that is intended. Now, what I mean is that if I, uh, uh, what it doesn't mean, so let's say I have a, a bowl of water, okay? So I have a bowl of water, and let's imagine I have a, let's say I have a small bowl of water, and I have a bathtub. And I'm going to do my wudu in the bathtub, but I don't have a tap, so I'm taking water from the bowl. Everyone happy with that? Yes? So I now take my first uh, scoop full of water, and I take it over, and I wash my hands. Yes? In the bathtub, it goes now through the drain. Then I lift it up, and then I put it in my mouth and I spit it out. And then I do my nose and I clean my nose and the water comes down. And then I go like this, yes? So what's happening each time is that water is falling from me, okay, into this bathtub. And this water which is falling from me, okay, it's either used in a very specific way or it's either dirtified. For example, if I put it in my mouth and I rinse my mouth and I spit it out, this is something which is of course used, but it's gone way, way beyond what we want to define as used. Used for us is simply the putting it onto the face, putting it into my mouth, even running it off my hands. This is called used water. 
Is that clear, everybody? Yeah. So um, we used water, as some people understood it, is not the fact that you see because in our, especially in our time, in our time, you know this bowl of water. When we take the water out, they refer to the bowl of water as used water. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, because they say you've put your hands in it. Yeah, they say you put your hands in it. You've taken water from it. You've done things with your hands and you put it in your nose, wash your mouth, uh, wash your mouth and, and nose and that, and you're putting your hands back in. This water that I'm taking from, even though it's small amount in a bowl, whatever, not running, doesn't have a way of, of, of renewing itself. This is not called used water. This is just a set standard source of water. What's used water is that which comes off the limb. Okay, as part of the washing. Now, we're going to come to this in a lot of detail later in the section on wudu. Now, some scholars, some of the madhahib, will not consider water, which if I was to just pick it up and just splash it on my face, they would not even consider that to be washing of the face. Therefore, the water that falls off my face wouldn't be considered used because it wasn't used to actually purify it. Does that make sense? We'll come to this later. Like, like for example, the Malikiyah, they're very much upon an issue of rubbing and like, you know, making sure that all the, the limbs are proper wet and so on and so forth. Where the others, other scholars just allow literally a passing of the water to honor kind of thing. Yeah. So we're going to come to that later. That's not the issue here. The issue that you need to understand is that used water is that which has come off the actual limb itself during the act of wudu. This is used water. So now you know what used water is. The second question you might be asking is that what on earth are people talking about used water for? And the answer is very clear. We don't have an issue here. But back in, the, back in the day, not just back in the day, even now in these kind of countries, water is of this level of scarcity. And it does need to, it, it, it's, it's, I mean, at the time of Rasulullah it was well known. And we, we have, we're going to have lots of discussion about how they used to use the same water source. And you'll also all know of the hadith of the companions of Rasulullah Although this is not really for the use of the water, this is more of taking the barakah of Rasulullah that when he used to make wudu, the companions used to jostle with one another to catch and touch the parts that would come off him. Because this is blessed water coming from a blessed face, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So that's something different. Yep. That's, even though at that, that time, water was more scarce than you can ever imagine. Okay, In the middle of the desert and all the, all the rest of it. But I, I want you to know that the hadith which talk about the the jostling and the trying to get the drop of water that would come from his beard or from his hand. This is more to do with the barakah, not to use the water. Uh, in our times, I, I, I mean, I, I'll give you my own personal example. When I've been out in the sticks, when I was studying back in the day, not that long ago, yeah, maybe yeah, 10, 15 years ago, whatever, um, I, have, I have definitely collected water that I used in washing. So I think I told you, I think in the first couple of lessons, that we would not have the uh, no water supply. Water would be very, 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 very cold. You would avoid having a bath. Yeah, and maximum, maximum. Friday would be the only bath that we would do. And that was at a time when we were considering that uh, when, we were, when, we were, when we were students then um, and studying fiqh for the first time, we were um, uh, switching between uh, the opinions that the, uh, uh, the, the, the bath for Jum'ah is obligatory and the bath for Jum'ah is sunnah. And so when we accepted the opinion that the bath for uh, Jum'ah is Sunnah, yani it's only Sunnah to have a ghusl for Jum'ah, when we accepted that, then that changes the ruling of the water, as we're going to come to. Meaning the water that I would use for my bath, because the bath that I'm doing is not an obligatory ghusl for Jum'ah, 
Therefore, any remainder water, used water that comes off my body, we would use again for bathing. And that's what we would do. We would collect it. We would collect the water that we would come that come off our body. So the dirty water that would wash that away, but then the rinsing water, you know, like the luxury water, if you like. So you've now cleaned yourself now, but now you're putting more water on just to feel that better. We would collect that water. All the students would do that to use that again. So, um, so I want you to understand what we're talking about, what the, the what istimal is, what istimal water is, and why you would use it again because of scarcity. So, what's the issue here? The Hanbalis are saying that if this used water is used in a recommended purification. So talking about a wudu, okay, or a ghusl, uh, which was recommended, not obligatory, then it is, it is allowed to uh, uh, use it, but it is offensive. It is makru. That's what they're saying. Now let's look at the, the three examples that they give for uh, uh, this. So he goes, katajdidi wudu, yani to renew your wudu. Sheikh Uthameen says that to renew your wudu is sunnah. So if a person, he prays um, with uh, his existing wudu, and then the time for prayer uh, comes in uh, for the next prayer, and then he knows that actually it is now sunnah to make wudu again, then if he's still got his wudu, he hasn't broken his wudu, and he now makes this now new wudu for Salatul Asr, for example. He prayed Dhuhr with this previous wudu. He hasn't broken his wudu. Asr comes in. He's allowed to pray now, but he goes, I'm going to commit wudu again. Now, this wudu now, this purification is a recommended one. The idea being now that any water that comes off of this wudu, this is used water. The Hanbalis allow it to be used but they consider it to be offensive, makruh. Okay, allow it, but they consider it to be makruh. Then, um, and then he gives another example. Uh, and anyway, just for you to understand, uh, Sheikh Uthameen, it's going to become clear in a minute. He's not happy with this at all, right? He's not happy with the label of makruh again, all right? And why is he going to say, I'm not happy? Same reason as last week, same reason the week before that. Why did the scholars, why did the Hanbalis even say makruh? Because in the madhab, there were some scholars that said, we're not sure whether this water, when it's used in this fashion, whether it's lost its purification quality. And now it's just pure. So because of this existence of difference of opinion in the madhab, we're going to go on the safe side and we're going to say, guys, stay away from it. It's makruh. And we said that from an aql point of view, that's fair enough. Because Rasulullah uh, in many hadith has said that the halal is bayin, the haram is bayin, and then in between that there are some doubtful matters. And the one who avoids these doubt, doubtful uh, matters, then he has protected his, his deen and his, his izzah. So to stay away from doubtful matters is good. So that's fine. But when you, when you make a... St- I, 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 I'll come to that. He, he has a nice... Uh, Sheikh Uthameen has a nice point about that. I, I'll come to that in a second. The second example that he gives of a recommended purification is the Jum'ah bath. And he says, this is only, of course, according to the majority of scholars, because... There are some scholars that said, no, that's an obligatory act. Okay? That to make the ghusl for Jum'ah is an obligation. If you believe that the ghusl for Jum'ah is obligation, then you can't use it here. Okay? But Shaykh Uthameen goes, let's go along with the opinion of the majority of scholars, and it's the correct one, and it's my opinion, it's a taught opinion of this class as well, that the uh, ghusl for Jum'ah is only a sunnah, it's not an obligation, then... If you do believe that, then after, when you go in to, you, to make your, uh, uh, your ghusl, all the water that comes off you, 
from that ghusl, that can also be used. All right? Then he gives, and that, that, that um, you can add to that the uh, ghusl of Eid as well. Okay? The ghusl for Eid, according to the majority of scholars, again, is only a sunnah. So you could add that. Uh, uh, it's not mentioned here, but you could add that as well. And then he says, uh, uh, The second and third washing. What does he mean by that? What he means is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, when it comes to the ayah of wudu, Allah says, And wash your faces. Okay, Wash your faces in the ayah of wudu and surah al-ma'idah. It doesn't establish the, obliga- the obligation for repetition. It establishes the obligation for washing, single. And we know from the hadith of Rasulullah that sometimes he would actually wash each limb once. And we know that it's sunnah to sometimes do it twice and that the perfect one is three times. So the washing of the face three times, the washing of the arm three times, and so on. But what's obligatory? Just once. Okay? So just an ob- once is obligatory. Therefore, it yani, means that when you have water and you are doing wudu and you wash something once, the hukam has been achieved. You are now... Uh, you have lifted your state of impurity. Is that clear? Make clear? Is that clear? Your second washing of the limb and your third washing of the limb is recommendation. And so what the Hanbalis are saying is that if you were collecting water, you wouldn't collect it from the first washing, but from the second and the third washing, because this is non-obligatory, you could collect it and therefore it could be used yani, uh, afterwards. Is that clear, everybody? Yeah? So that's, that's what he is uh, uh, saying. So then he goes on to page 37 and he says... Um, <laughs> he says <laughs> he goes having said all that he goes the actual the actual score yani, the, the truth yani, is something different he says that uh, all of this usage of all this water is allowed without any uh, it's not offensive at all it's completely permissible for you to use all of this water in all of these three circumstances no problem and this is going along with his, his uh, idea that when you start making a statement like makro, you've got to bring the evidence. And if you're not bringing the evidence, then we appreciate and we respect your caution, your wara, your carefulness and your taqwa. We appreciate it, but don't go and make this something into the religion. Keep it something personal, educate the people, tell them, you know, um, it's best that you avoid this water because you just don't know and it's good to use just pure original source water. But don't go and tell the people it is something which is hated in the religion to use because you're making a Sharia legal statement without a Sharia legal basis. And he goes, and this is very interesting what he says, he goes, and it's very important to know. He goes, and Labud, he goes, and Na'rif, and Man'il Ibad, Mimma Lam Yadilu Ashar Alamanihi, to prevent the, the, the servants of Allah, to prevent Muslims from um, something which the Sharia has not indicated, is the same as allowing something which the Sharia has indicated that is prohibited. And the reason he says that is because emotionally when you wear both statements, they are different, aren't they? So if something, Sharia has you know, prohibited something or has indicated that it's something which is not good and you go around and say it's okay to do it. There's like a shock factor there, isn't there? Yeah. He goes, actually, he goes, when you go around and Sharia has not prohibited something and you're saying you shouldn't do it, it is hated, it is offensive, he goes, that's exactly the same. 
Then he goes further. He goes, actually, it's worse. He goes, actually, to say that something is makruh when it isn't is worse than saying something is allowed when it isn't. Which is very interesting. And his argument for it, he goes, because al-aslu fil-ashya' al-hil. He goes, because the basic principle in life is permissibility. Things are permissible. So when you go round, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has... has uh, 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 as, and then he, he mentions the ayah in Surah al Don't go around yani, saying with your tongues these lies that this is halal and this is haram. This is a warning from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Nahl. Yeah? Um, verse 116. The, to go around and making the haram matters halal is a very, very serious matter. Especially when we know that in principle, everything is halal. Now, does that make sense? The, the issue of al-aslu al-ibaha, yani that in principle things are allowed. Yeah? I mean, Islam clearly is a religion of practicality and it's a religion of the future. And it would be difficult to uphold that claim or that, yani, uh, 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 yeah, that claim to be this religion of the future if it was the other way around, where life is basically prohibited. And we have to find permission for every single thing we do. Can you imagine how difficult life would be? Yeah? Can you just imagine? Like everything. Like using a brick to build a house. Using a carpet to, to, to put anything. To, to lean on a wall. To, to walk barefooted. To uh, wear this brand of clothes. To wear this color. Like you'd have to get an evidence and, and permission from a scholar for every single thing. Right? So instead... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has done the exact opposite and he has allowed everything to be halal. In principle, and I'll talk about this in a second. Everything is halal until sharia comes and says, this is haram, this is haram. And like we said, like we said, you know, uh, 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 the majority of the things are halal. Uh, obviously, Islam and scholars especially, they get this kind of bad rap for uh, making everything haram. You're, you guys are the haram merchants. Yani. You know, there's that, there's that video, isn't there? You've seen that video on YouTube? This uh, sheikh, yani, of the judge Haram Yani Haram Yani Haram Yani huh? That makes me laugh Every time I watch it Sheikh Haram Yani Or something like that His name is So So the, uh, There's this idea That you know That scholars are there To make everything haram And that religiosity Is linked with haram It's the exact opposite Subhanallah Yani you think of life Haram is so little Bit of interest Bit of gambling Bit of alcohol Bit of pork Halas yani Rest with chilling Everything else is okay Everything's all cool Good A few things here and there Compare yani, the haram list to the halal list, it's a joke, yani. It's like 0.001% to the, to the other list. So it's, it's interesting. And I remember once, one, 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 one sheikh, he was saying that they came to me criticizing uh, me and they said, you, you sheikhs, yani, do nothing but say haram, haram, haram. And sheikh said to him, because, because you don't come asking us nothing else but is this haram, is this haram, is this haram. What do you want us to say, yani? You know, you're the one who comes to us asking that question. And everyone's always, and it's true, I can say from my experience, when people um, put questions forward, they are so negative. They are so negative. Their question is very negative. They're asking about the thing in a negative way. They're not looking at the issue in a positive fashion. They're not looking at the alternatives being positive. It's always uh, uh, putting us into a box and then expecting us to, you know, create a TARDIS or something. Anyway, um, so as I said, in principle, things are halal. I just need to just add here though, that there is a category of life, there is a category of life where the principle is not that everything is permissible. What is that category of life? Ibadah. Okay, worship. So in the category of worship, 
It's the exact opposite. In the category of worship, when it comes to life as a whole, and we've got this aspect called worship, in worship everything is haram until proven halal. What does this mean? It means that when you're about to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah did not allow you to work that out for yourself. Okay? And the Prophet did not leave this for you to kind of, you know, uh, you know make up your own kind of style. Because when you do, you basically get Christianity, basically. Yeah? You just get like, you know, chill out churches, choirs, we'll do a mass here, we'll do a chill here, we'll do a rave there, we'll have a couple of gay yani, uh, uh, we'll have a gay uh, priest here, we'll have a, a gay woman here, we'll do yani, you know, and it's all good, she can read the sermon, he can do this, we'll do plural, this, blah, blah. Yani, people will mess about, you know what I'm saying? And there has to be a protective system to, to, uh, to this uh, very, very uh, important part which is the most important aspect of life, which is worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he has taken it upon himself to explain to us very specifically what to say, how to say, what to do, when to do. And you have to stick to that. You have to stick to that. And when you stick to that, you have what's called sunnah. And this is the way of worshipping Allah according to his Prophet When you don't stick to that, and you come with your own kind of, you know, your own little bit of flex, yeah? This is called bid'ah. And obviously, and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he warned in a very big way, many, many, many ahadith focusing on people who introduce their own flex, their own ideas. And people are always like that. They'll look at someone, they'll think that they're deficient, I can do it better, or I can do it this way, or the expression of love like this is, is, is you know. And you've seen just in the last couple of weeks, some activities are very, very clear. When you have Muslims who are passionate about their religion and they want to express love for Rasulullah especially upon his birthday, you have a people who will say, let's just stick to the way that it used to be. And others who say, well, you know what? Actually, I have a better way of expressing my love. And it might not have been practiced by the Prophet and it might not have been practiced by the companions, but you know, I feel it. I benefit from it. Others benefit from it. And let's go out and do it. Now, if you've understood what I've just talked about, and I haven't even talked about Quran or Sunnah or Hadith or Dalil or whatever, I'm just saying common sense. If you understand the principle that worship is a genre of life which is protected by this principle that everything is on lockdown until Allah gives you the key, then you can understand this concept that when people start busting moves and busting any ideas and come up you know, with this kind of nonsense, then you know, it's, it's, it's not right from the beginning without having to get into debates and arguments, and deleels, and whatever. Just step back and think, is this really yani, what worship was about? Because there are great ideas out there that people could come with, you know? We could, I mean, we could really do with a combining of dhuhr asr in these winter times, you know what I'm saying, yeah? Someone comes up with a nice idea, they want ratification, come to me, yani, we'll, we'll give a fatwa. Yeah, there's, lo- <laughs> there's lots of things that we could come up with, and that we could sit down, and we could get all the people to agree on how amazing an idea it is. But it's not going to work. And the one, as Rasul said, that whoever ahdath, yani brings something new into this religion, it is rad, it is rejected and returned back to him. It won't be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And of course, it's very, very serious as we know many, many ahadith. Let him take his seat in hellfire, the one who comes with this, who lies against me and brings something new in the religion. It's an attack upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he said that I have completed this religion. So when he says, I have completed today your religion, and you start bringing new moves, then what's that saying about Allah? Yani that, what, that he forgot to say that you could also bring something, yani? that it was on hold and not closed. And, and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam saying, uh, 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 being warned by the angels when they come to drink at his hull, at his uh, pool, and uh, they're being prevented. The Rasulullah says, why is that? These are the people who started inventing things after you passed away. 
bringing new things. So there's an, there's an interesting lesson to take from just this point, this discussion of even at the, 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 the end of Makru, introducing these kind of hated, uh, 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 saying something is hated. We understand why people say it's hated. We don't like the idea of making it a legal fact without evidence. And so what Sheikh Uthameen says here, I think is very good. So is that clear, everybody? Yeah? We're moving on to a new section now. Page, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Translation, though, it says it is offensive. Yes. It is not offensive. It is allowing these. No, no. So when I said it is not offensive, this is Sheikh commentary. Right. Yes. And this is like my opinion as a teacher. This is the opinion of this class. This is what I want you to go away with. This is the opinion of Sheikh Uthameen. This is the opinion of Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar al-Shanqiti. This is the opinion of quite a large number of scholars. Yeah? I don't, want to, I don't want to make it an argument to authority though. I want to make it to you clear that the Hanbalis, they say no, we consider it to be offensive. We consider it to be offensive because we have a doubt that this water is actually pure and purified. And because of that, we're going to assume that there's doubt. We're going to use the title of Makru to scare people away. We're saying, that's great you want to scare people away. Don't put a legal reality on it and call it uh, uh, Makru. Yeah, we're good at that. So let's move to the uh, next um, uh, page, which is page uh, six. Let's take it back from this. Uh, page uh, six, and this is... Now, um, we're talking about the water, okay... Um, in a in a more physical fashion, because you know, in the previous one, let me let me actually read it out, then you'll understand. So the sheikh says, let me find the. وَإِنْ بَلَغَ كُلَّتَيْنِ وَهُوَ الْكَثِيرُ وَهُوَ خَمْسُمِئَةِ رَطْلٍ إِرَاقِيٍ تَقْرِيبًا uh, فخالطته نجاسته غير بول آدمي أو عذرته المائعة فلم تغيره أو خالطه البول أو العذرة ويشق نزحه كمصانع طريق مكة فطهورا Okay, so what the Sheikh says This is now we're talking about Al-Hijjari he says, if the water, still now talking about the Hur and Dahir water, okay, if the water reaches an amount of Al-Qullatayn, two Qullas, basically, which is a lot, i.e. approximately 500 Iraqi Ratal, okay, Artal or Ratal, if you're doing that whole anglicization of Arabic, putting a plural of S on, and it mixes with filth, which isn't urine, or any other human liquid waste, and it doesn't change, or it mixes with urine or other waste products, which is very difficult to remove, as is the case with the watering holes on the road to Mecca, then the water is still purified. So we're now being introduced into uh, to a, a whole new concept now of... Uh, in books of fiqh, this is called the mas'ala of the qullatayn. Yani this is the issue of fiqh concerning these two large containers. Now, um, what we need to do is to understand actually where this qulla comes from. We need to understand uh, why the scholars uh, are focused on this so much. We also need to understand um, 
why is there differentiation in the first instance between urine and other najasa and then a submission to all types of najasa including urine for certain uh, parts so there's a lot here so we need to we need to kind of you know uh, 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 be aware on this one so Sheikh he starts off in page on page 37 he goes the qullatain or qullatan is the tathniya of qulla and the qulla is something which is well known of the uh, amongst the arabs now the word qulla okay um allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah tul a'raf verse 57 he says uh, jalla yani that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about the winds and the winds, when they have, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Hatta, when the winds start to come and they effectively get the very heavy clouds, which is referring to them heavy full of water, and it drags them. And it, so it, it picks them up and it carries them and it gathers them and it brings it over to dead land. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, then we then release it upon the dead land and we bring it to life. So the word aqallat, it has this concept of gathering and carrying, okay? And the qulla used to be a container that would gather and would uh, carry a large amount of water. And it would be so big that it would sometimes be just dragged or pulled or even carried and it's large. How large? Now, if we go back to the notes, I've actually put right at the bottom an approximation of what we're talking about. Their ilama, I've written here, they differed over the exact volume of this 500 Iraqi ratal, okay? Because uh, the hadith only mentions qullatain. We, uh, 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 different scholars start to give it estimations. What is that today? Some said that, some looked at it from a weight point of view. So they said 191 to 195 kilos of water. The Hanafi scholars, they were really more keen on surface area. So they would say this many square meters or this many square, which I didn't particularly find very important, important, not important, I just didn't find it very beneficial because um, it's not something which you can visualize. You know, water spreading out over a large area, fine. But if you give me a weight of water and even better, a volume of water, I can appreciate it more. But I just want you to know that the Hanafis, they even have that as a measurement of trying to work out what Qulatain is. And X, I can't remember how many, how many, but X amount of square meters that it would cover. Um, Sheikh Wahab Zuhaili is one of the modern day fuqaha. He said that it's about 270 liters. Other ulama said 190 liters. And others said 216 to 217 liters. So you have quite a lot of variation on how much this water is. Some said, you know, roughly 200 kg. Others said well over 200 uh, liters. What's the key to remember, right? It's a lot of water, right? It's a lot of water. So if you, a liter is obviously this much, 200 is a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a serious amount of water. And if you understand it like the scholars did, you won't have a problem. If you keep focusing on these little kind of numbers, then you will have a problem. And that's why the sheikh, why, why he says in the text, al kathir. Yani, so it's he, he kind of like prefaces the whole debate about how much this is. He just puts it out there. He goes, listen, whatever it is, it's a lot of water. Okay? Then, da 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 And so now then we can follow, we can deal with the fiqh of the issue. Okay? So, once we now know that this is the amount of water, then what is the, uh, uh, on page uh, 38, he says that if we then have some kind of najasa, 
which then mixes with it, okay, other than other than urine. Alright? Al Murad, the Sheikh says, Al Murad Lam Tuhayir Tamuhu Aulamuhu Aurahihatuhu Wahadil Masala Ani Masalatima Khalatatilma and Najasatun Fihi Thilatati Akwal. The there are three opinions with respect to understanding this whole issue of whether um, what happens when urine is mixed with this water. Let me let me give you a because I can feel people are going to kind of lose this. So I'm going to give you a quick summary of what the whole issue is about. The issue is that when we have this large amount of water and something falls into it, najasa, okay? If it is less than qullatain, less than a large amount of water, it doesn't matter what happens to that water, it then, is, if, that, if that thingy uh, najasa falls in, according to the Hanbalis, that water will be najas, najas, okay? If that water, that, if something falls into this water, it will be najas. If something falls into that water when it is over two qullatain, uh, two yeah, over two qullas, then it will not be najas. That's it. That's the basic issue. They're saying that the water is of such a large amount that is diluting that, that uh, uh, impurity, is diluting that filth. So therefore, that large amount of water, whatever you want to call it, 200 liters or whatever, two qullas, once it goes over that, khalas, it doesn't matter what happens. If it falls in, no problem. As, as, as a quick summary, we're going to go into the detail. But if it's less than that, then it will, it is too small, too small an amount, and therefore, no good. This is not running water, this is standing water. So make sure that we don't get mixed in this, because that's a whole different discussion. Okay? And then, this is what the madhab is saying. We are going to come in a minute and we're going to say something quite different. We're going to say that actually there's no basis for this idea of the qullatain. The real issue, when I say no basis, not to, to knock the other argument, we're saying that the real issue is about the changing of the water. If the water changes, it's a problem. If the water doesn't change, it doesn't matter. That's basically what's going to be our summary. I'm just telling you that in advance so that you don't lose hope when we're going through this and we're dying at every stage. Yeah? At least you now know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Take it. Right. So, so, um, so the first opinion, then he says, Al-Qawl and this is the, the opinion of the early Hanabila scholars, is that if there's any uh, najis that mixes with water and, uh, and the water is less than two qulla, then that's it. The water has become impure. That's it. It has... Is that clear? First opinion. If the water is less than two qulla, najas is mixed with it. It falls into it. Najas of any type, urine or whatever. And whether it changes or doesn't change it, whether you the color changes, smell changes or not, it has become najas. Is that clear, everybody? Okay. Um, this is regardless of whether it's hum, human uh, uh, urine or any other fluid. Other, any other fluid, what do they mean here? They're talking about prostatic fluid. Uh, some sperm doesn't come into this here because it is not pure, because it's considered to be pure in the method. But prostatic fluid, madhi, which we're going to come to, this is another uh, liquid, impure product that comes from the, the human and other uh, uh, impure liquids. But let's just not worry about the liquid itself, let's concentrate on the, on the principle. Okay? As for, and still in the first opinion, if 
their water has reached above the amount of two qulla, gone over 200 plus liters, then they started to differentiate between the najis. They said that if it is urine, okay, if it is urine, then it will still be najis. Is that clear? So, first, so, so this is like 1A or whatever, side point. Meaning that now we've got this water which has reached above Qullatayn. Everyone still with me? Everyone's dying. Yeah, I know. This is when everyone starts to lose it. Yeah. The, this Qullatayn of water, this large amount of water, now we've gone above that now. And now we're going to now differentiate between the Najasa which is falling into it. A. If the Najasa is human orientated, human origin, human uh, urine, it will become impure. Even if it does not change. Is that clear? This large amount of water, more than Qullatayn, it will become impure. وَإِنْ The Shaykh says on page 39. Okay? Um, other, other than other than in a case, so this is an exception to A, except if it becomes very, very difficult to remove. Meaning that this is a, uh, this is a situation where this is the only water source for the people. Yeah? This is the only watering hole for the city. And yani, you've got a policy where you're putting out public statements and announcements, do not urinate near it, do not go there. And you keep telling the people, but it's your only place, it's the main place for the musafirin, it's the main place where people come. And you're realizing that you just cannot stop the people doing it. So here, the scholars have given an exception. And they've said, even in the case of urine, we will not then say that the water has become impure. Is that clear? There's a lot of things going on there, I know. All right? I've said that already in this issue of, of point one. I've said if the water is less than qullatayn and najis falls into it, it becomes najis. I've then said that if it, you have more than qullatayn and urine falls into it, it does become najis. Okay? It does become najis. I then added a side point and said that if it was very difficult to avoid that happening and you've tried your best and it's too difficult to stop it, too difficult to get rid of that yani urine or that najasa, then the water is okay. So it's like a, you know, a refutation of its own point almost. Is that yani? Are you guys with that one, yeah? You're like thinking, right, what's going on? Right, okay. So then, then, the sheikh then says, he goes that the issue, the issue is the issue is uh, is about difficulty. Yani taking this uh, urine out of this water is something which is too difficult for the people, and and um, I'm starting to realize that pretty much everyone has gone to sleep. So um, what am I going to do now? Call it time. It's gone too long. We are on an hour. How long do we normally go on for? What did everyone do this week, Yani? What is it? This working? Are you sure? You know what happened to me last time with that hey, clock, yeah? I got my bestie that on that clock last time. Okay, he's working. Um, okay, I think what we'll do is that we'll give everyone a break because I think people have just lost the plot there. Yeah. Maybe you read up on the notes a little bit. Maybe I'll put something you're reading. I don't know. Maybe you need to just uh, get some more rest. What's happening today, everybody? I've never seen it so quiet. Is it because there's no jokes today? Do we have no jokes? Oh my gosh. There was one. I'll tell you a joke, yeah. It's a humbly joke. I forgot his name, subhanAllah. It's one of the fuqaha. One of the fuqaha, he was, yeah, of the humbly, he's famous, he was. He, and subhanAllah, he's famous, but not famous enough for me to remember his name, but I'll remember his name next week. 
So Miskeen, yani he's he's big scholar, big 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 scholar of the Madhab. He's at home asleep. It's about like it's, it's about like one o'clock or two o'clock in the night. Yani deep night time, pre tahajjud time is the way it's described. And he's asleep, and he is banging on his door, banging on his door. And he's a master of poetry, like top, yani you know, uh, uh, you know, very eloquent and so on. Bang on his door, bang on his door, he ignores it. Bang on his door, he's very upset, very angry. He comes to the front door and he opens it and he sees two of his, two students, yani, basically. They say, Sheikh, Sheikh, this is a bad situation, yani. You know, that uh, this is going to be fitna here and we need you to judge between us. And I know that it's so, we were so sorry that we disturbed you at this time and, and all the rest of it. And he's very angry, he's very upset. So he goes, what, what's up? He goes, this is going to turn into fitna. But I've, pre- I've made a poem and this guy's made a point. And we, and we insist that ours is the best one. And you've got to make a ruling upon it. You've got to basically decide which is the best one. So he's already yeah, freaked out now, yeah? So the first one then, he goes, go on then. Uh, quickly, hurry up then, the first one. He <laughs> so the first one then, he starts giving him this yeah, amazing poem. And gives it all the lines and all the moves and everything. And all the flourishes and whatever. And this guy's yeah, standing there listening to this like that. And he goes... So he finishes, and he goes, he goes, the, the, the other one, so the other one steps forward, and he's about to start, he goes, you win. He goes, you win. He goes, you win. So he goes, what do you mean? That first one, first one goes, what do you mean? The other one goes, yeah, how's that? He goes, son, it's not possible for your poem to be worse than that one. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one, I love that one. That's the humblest man in the house. All right. So, khalas, we'll call it on that one, inshallah. Any questions? Any, any thingamajigs? Yes. Online, yeah, give these guys a chance. Yeah, last week, uh, Abu Dhar Miskini cut them all off and said to them, go home. And Abu Dhar is abandoned. Abu, Abu, Dhar, is, Abu Dhar is right there behind you. Don't miss Abu Dhar, man. What did you spoke to me about? I stuck from Allah. Can I ask you that one? Yeah. Yeah. We will, we will discuss the amounts and the nature of the urine as well next week, inshallah. Yeah. That's a really good point, Subhanallah, um, about the, 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 the temperature of water. Sheikh Uthameen makes a point. I didn't think it was that important to mention, but I will now that you've brought it up. He goes that although we might kind of get lost on the whole issue of the water being heated by um, uh, electric or by wood or by this or by that, he goes, there is a, and, and we're saying it's no problem, all of it's good, it's not heated. There is a serious point, he goes, that we need to consider that we shouldn't be ignorant to. He goes that there are people who know Actually, we know from the Salaf that they used to enjoy uh, making wudu in cold water. There are some athar from Sahaba, maybe we can even say from Rasulullah if they're authentic, that praise the use of cold water. Okay? Like there's an ajar in it. It's like a challenge almost. It's like pushing yourself further. And the use of cold water in cold scenarios. Um, and, and you, in the, when you look at the books of Adab and so on, you'll see it praised. What Sheikh Uthameen says, he goes, in this issue of very cold water, we also need to consider that the very hot water, that it is okay to use, and we're not going to say it's makroo, but it will be makroo and may be impermissible if the water is so hot that the people are not doing wudu properly. Now, I, this is very good that he says that because I am a living proof to that. Okay? And I'm sure that people have done it themselves. That when they go and make wudu in very, very cold water, it's more about yani, in and out than get the job done. Yeah? So, 
if we understand the issue that wudu does require some action of actual moving and cleaning and so on and so forth, especially when it comes to hands, now very, very cold water, you've got a better chance because your hand's frozen and you don't feel the kind of pain as much as when it's burning. So you have burning water, what you might find, and this would be the mistake. I'm answering it now even though it's a section for wudu. Let's say you've got your water on and it gets very, very hot. Now you're touching your hand, gets hot, 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 and it gets really, really hot, and you've now washed your hands, for example. Okay? I'm just using this as an example. You wash your hands, but it was so super hot that your washing was a very kind of thingy one, and it was, oh, you burnt your hand, but mentally you washed your hands. So it was in and out. And then you make the water cooler, and then you use the water now to wash the rest of your uh, body. What you forgot is to go and wash your hands again properly. Because you didn't wash your hands when it was very, very hot. This could be the same, for example, if the water... Uh, let, let me give you a different example. Let's say that you had done your wudu all the way, and you thought, this is a bit cold, this, I'm going to make it a bit hotter. So you, you've now washed your face, and it's feeling a bit cold. You've done wudu properly all the way up until now, and then you increase the hot part. Okay? And so what happens is that you touch it, okay? And then you think, yeah, that's okay. And then you put your hand underneath, your arm, you put your arm underneath, and it's now burnt your hand because it's so hot. Okay? And then you drag your hand out, and then you, you cool it down, and mentally you look at your hand and you think, yeah, that's done. And then you go into the other one, and then you wash it properly because now it's the right temperature. Meaning that the, 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 the heat of the water was so hot that you didn't wash it, your, your wudu properly. You may think that's like something imaginative. Definitely done that myself. Definitely done that in very, very cold water when we've been camping outside in streams. Definitely done that with very, very hot water coming out of a faucet or a tap. Like that word, faucet? Yeah? Yeah? It's because yani, it's not just English, yani, uh, UK boys on this thing, okay? We've got all those dodgy Americans and Canadians who are listening in. When you say to them a tap, they go tap what? So I have to use, use yani, faucet. Yeah. I'll teach you boys English, don't worry, man. So yeah, that's, was that what you wanted to know anyway? Oh, it was a completely different thing. Yeah, well done. <laughs> it's okay, just wasted five minutes, it's alright. Go on. In the text it says water that can change when it's being heated. Yes. Or that, does it need to be heated to a specific temperature? No, 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 no. It's, it's meaning heated is just so that it's nicer for you, that's it. It's not talking about a temperature per se. But when you mentioned that, I remembered that whole issue of temperature, which you weren't interested in and very ungrateful for. So I just give you, a, <laughs> give you such amazing anything. <laughs> All I got was no. That wasn't the question, actually, sir. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. When it gets too hot. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. How can I link that to the fiqh, by the way? <laughs> Like good, because it is true. That's right. Sulaiman said that uh, uh, although our boys are not here from Old Trafford, yani, normally they'd be here. The Timmels, that uh, Farid and Asad would help us out here. But uh, 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 boilers, of course, have to by by legal, uh, legally in this country, have to heat at a certain temperature, because otherwise the water starts to develop Legionnaires' disease. So potentially, maybe there's a link between lukewarm sun heated water and Legionnaires or other diseases 
I, mean, I personally think it deserves study, definitely. I, I definitely think it deserves study. Even fabricated statements, yeah, there's got to be some kind of indication. You look into it. You look into it, don't you? Anything else? Any other questions? It's okay, guys. Back today is like miles away. Don't worry. <laughs> I miss my man Bob's, yeah. This game Bob's been shipped off to Pakistan. I'm so upset, yeah. I'm so upset. Bob, when you're watching this recording, stay strong, son. Don't let them force your hand. Alright, I think we'll call it. Yeah. Thank you for attending and being patient. Please 